I'm just going to bring a wee word of testimony, a short word, you know, but I just want to pray tonight. I just want to come and pray. Lord, we do just thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you lifted me, Lord God, that you lifted me out of the gutter of sin and you set my feet upon that rock, which is Christ Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, just for everything that you've done in our lives. Lord God, we do just come afresh, Lord God, just thinking of these, those words this past while, Lord God, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You didn't wait for all the votes, Lord God. You didn't wait, Lord God, just for those that would sign the dotted line, but that while we were yet sinners, you came and you died for each and every one of us, Lord God. We do just thank you for that tonight, Lord God. I pray tonight, Lord God, that you would just use this foolish vessel, Lord God. I pray you'd hide me far behind the cross, Lord God. I pray that Jesus and only Jesus would be seen tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, not a man would be seen but you, Lord God. We pray that your people, Lord God, I pray that your people would even be encouraged by what they hear tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, those that are saved, Lord God, they would just see, Lord God, this lovely man of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, Lord God, because worthy is your name tonight, Lord God. You're the only name, Lord God, under heaven whereby a man must be saved and can be saved tonight. You're the only one that can lift, Lord God, a wrecked and a ruined soul tonight. We thank you for the lovely person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you lifted us out of that great gutter of sin tonight, Lord God. We pray just for your word tonight in Jesus' precious name. We're just going to come tonight. I'm just going to do a couple of readings. Just the first one is in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, and then we're over into John chapter 4. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. And then just over into John, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, and verse 5. And this is Jesus speaking. The story of Jesus and the woman at Samaria. Then cometh he, verse 5, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on a well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, when, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it was that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. 
But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. You see, friends, I just want to sum those two scriptures up tonight. In, these simple, in this simple thought, friends, you can find everything you're looking for tonight in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, give me of this water that I thirst not. Here's a woman who's searching. Here's a woman who's longing. Here's a woman who's on her way not to a church, but she's on her way to a well. Here's a woman who has no intention of getting saved. Here's a woman that has no interest in religion. Here's a woman that has no idea, but she's about to have a life-changing encounter with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a woman, she's going to realize that he's the one that can meet her every single need tonight. Friends, Jesus Christ can give you what you're looking for tonight. He can give you a smile on your face. He can give you a song in your heart. He can give you a spring in your step. Friends, those that are saved tonight, can I ask you a question? Didn't he give you everything that you're looking for? Didn't he satisfy? Didn't he meet you and the longing of your heart? Didn't he fill your life with joy? Even in our running away, even in our wandering, even in our backsliding, even in our uh, searching for everything else, didn't he find you? Didn't he search you out? Didn't he come right to where you were? And didn't you find everything that you needed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? This woman cried, give me that I thirst not. She wanted it. I ask you tonight, do you want it tonight? Do you want real life? Do you want total freedom? Do you want peace of heart? Do you want peace of mind? Do you want to go to heaven, friends? You can find everything that you're looking for tonight in one place and in one name, and it's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. My name's Brent, for those of you that don't know me. And uh, I was born into what they like to call today a broken home or a dysfunctional family. You know, my testimony never really changes. It always sort of stays the same. You know, but then my testimony is that God completely changed and transformed my life. I was born into a broken home or a dysfunctional family. One brother, two sisters, all the different dads, and a mom who from a very early age, we were told that she couldn't really cope. And uh, up until about the age of five, me, my, me and my brother, my older brother, we were back and forwards uh, in and out of uh, children's homes, backwards and forwards to my mum. We were the first two residents in the local children's home. And at the age of five, we were all split up. Uh, my sisters were sent to live with their dad. Uh, my brother was sent to a foster home just in Cookstown here. And uh, I was sent to live with foster parents in Belfast. And it was here that I first went to church. I was brought to church every morning. I was brought to church every afternoon. I was there every evening. I was in the Sunday school. I was in the CE club. I was uh, in the choir. I used to sing special solos and uh, at special meetings. And uh, my pastor always threatens he's going to get the tapes. You know, there was always, everything was put on a tape in them days. And uh, I used to do special readings at special meetings. And uh, it was here that I first heard the gospel. It was a Schenkel Baptist church that I went to, and I heard the gospel every week loud and clear. You know, I heard that you needed to be saved. I heard that you needed to be born again. I heard that Jesus Christ was coming back again one day. But he was only coming back again. He was coming back for those that had loved him and had given their lives for him. You know, he had given his life for me, but he was only coming back for those that had given their lives to him and that loved him. And I'd get up the stairs. I used to sleep in the wee attic room and I'd go up two flights of stairs and I'd get up into the wee attic room and I'd get down beside my little camp bed after those gospel meetings and I'd ask the Lord Jesus into my heart. 
but I was never saved or I was never born again. But I do believe that God heard the prayers of that young boy, you know. And that placement broke down and I was sent to live with a Catholic family. Just uh, They were an elderly couple. They looked after my sisters for a little while and I was sent to live with them just outside down Patrick and uh, I didn't have to go to Mass. I went sometimes whenever there was no one to look after me. But uh, as I say, they were an elderly couple. We were the only uh, one of three houses on a lane. I had no real friends. My best friend was the Doberman dog, big, uh, big guard dog, and he died. And uh, sadly, that placement ended as well. But as I say, uh, it was all because I was a young man that was coming into his teens. I just started into secondary school, and I was getting involved in all the stuff, and they were a wee bit elderly, and they could no longer look after me. And I was put back into the children's home that I'd been in as a young boy. And I was here in this children's home at the age of 12. I made a conscious choice that I was going to live my life my way. You know, people have been making decisions for me my whole life, apparently seemingly messing it all up, but I was going to take control of my own life and I was going to live it my way. And uh, the Bible says, as we know, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. You know, it says there is pleasure in sin, but it only lasts a little season. It's a very, very little season. You know, and I... Uh, in this children's home, they'd known me from a young boy. They had known my brother. He had been through, through the children's home, and uh, uh, they'd known me as a young man, and uh, they allowed me basically to do whatever I wanted. <coughs> you know, I was, um, basically, they had, they say that James Bond was giving, uh, given a license to kill. I was given a license to sin. They just wanted to give me some sort of stability in my life. I could go in and out whatever time I wanted. I became involved in all the usual things. I went very quickly from being one of the top of my class in uh, first year to being expelled just after first year, never to return uh, to full-time education. I became involved in drink, drugs, gambling, violence, petty crime, uh, everything, you name it, I got involved in it. And uh, at the age of 15, I would, uh, I would get up at whatever time I wanted. I would run the streets and basically get up to no good. I was always drawn to criminality and the lads and all the crack and all the banter. But friends, you know, there is pleasure in sin, but it only lasts a very, very, very little season. You know, at the age of 15, I was in the pubs and the clubs every weekend, drinking all the beers, dancing all, with all the ladies and busting out all my best moves. But you know, um, I would go into those nightclubs and pubs with a few hundred pounds in my pocket and I would come out with barely enough for a pizza and I'd go home and I'd live the rest of the week miserable and empty. And at the age of, coming into the age of 15 or 16, I started to sell drugs and the children's home decided that it was time to leave. And I remember at that time, I truly believed that nothing could really go wrong in my life. And that's what the great con artist, the devil, does. He convinces you. That's what a con artist does. You ever go to a bad, dodgy car? He convinces you that you're making all the right choices. Tells you about all the good things. Tells you about all the parties and the pleasures. But friends, he doesn't tell you about the party or about the, the panic attacks and the paranoia. He tells you, friends, about he doesn't tell you about the sleepless nights. Doesn't tell you about the shame and the misery. Doesn't tell you, friends, about the concrete floors that you'll live on, that you'll sleep on. Doesn't tell you that you'll lose your dignity. Doesn't tell you that you'll about the petrol bombs that'll maybe come through the windows at night. He doesn't tell you that you'll lose friends and loved ones along the way. Friends, he only tells you of the pleasure, but he never tells you about the pain. I started selling drugs and I moved in with a friend and I lived the high life for a while, money, parties, a name for myself. But by the age of 18, I was a full-blown alcoholic, 
drinking spirits into the early hours of the morning, and I would be the last one to put my head down at night, and I'd be the first one down to the off-license in the morning. You could even knock the off-license up in the middle of the night if you wanted an extra carryout. Me and my friends, we would sit in parked cars and caravans, and we would sell drugs the whole way through the night. Friends, by this stage, my life was slowly and surely starting to unravel. You see, 16, 15 to 16 to 18, it was a very little season. Friends, I can count on one hand the pleasure that I had at those parties. I can count on one hand, friends, the good times that I had, the laughs that I had. Friends, I think I maybe had, Stephen would know, you maybe had a laugh the first time. Friends, you were chasing, you know, they say you were chasing that first high. No, you were just chasing that first laugh. There was never a laugh after that. It was mostly misery, heartache, and pain. You see, friends, there's pleasure in sin, but it only lasts for a season. At the age of 20, I had my first son. Decided I was going to be a good dad. I was going to do the right thing. And what had happened to me wasn't going to happen to him. I uh, stopped drinking as much. I uh, got a job, but I just replaced it with other drugs. Uh, a couple of years later, I had my second son. Uh, debts began to rise. Bills began to rise. Greed began to rise in my heart, and I began to sell drugs again. You know, I became obsessed with money and material things. This thought would be predominant in my mind as I woke up and walked the streets or whatever I was doing. I have to make money or I need to make money. That was how I was brought up. That was the environment that I was brought up in. You know, I thought it was normal to sell drugs. People think it's normal, but it's not normal. It's not normal for a young man at that age of his life to be running around in criminality and all these things. But all these young men, they're running around and they think it's normal because the TV portrays it. The people around you, they portray it that that's the life to live. But friends, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know, I, I, I was starting to... I became obsessed by money and material things. I started to become aggressive. I started to become violent. I was using drugs to bring me up, drugs to bring me down, drugs to level me back out again. And people were coming to me, social workers and everything else, and saying, Brent, there's something wrong with you. You need to get some help. You need to get yourself sorted out. Um, you need to get yourself, your life sorted out. And I'd go to the doctor, and I'd lay it all out, and I'd go to the doctor and say, all these things are going wrong in my life now. 20 years of age, 22 years of age, all these things are going wrong. I don't want to be that way, but I need, I need you to help me. But the doctors couldn't help me. You know, they just thought, you know, we'll give him another pill, and that'll solve the problem. And it was like that man that Jesus spoke about. He spoke about a man that was on a journey. He was on a journey of life. He was on a downward journey. He was on a journey from Jerusalem. To Jericho, and on this journey, it says that thieves, they, that type of the devil, they grabbed him and they stripped him and they beat him and they bloodied and they bruised him and they threw him in the gutter of this thing called life. It says the religious, they came by and they looked into the gutter and they went to lift him out, but there was nothing they could do, so they had to walk on. Then it says the intellectuals, they came by and they looked into the gutter and there was nothing that they could do, and they had to walk by also. But then it says there was one man. Not one man was the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a good Samaritan. And it says he came to the gutter. He lifted him out of the gutter. He lifted him out and he bound up the wounds of this life. He poured in the oil and the wine, the kind that restores our soul. And he put him on a donkey. And he put him back on this journey called life. You see, friends, God's the only one. Jesus is the only one that can touch your broken mind. Jesus is the only one that can truly heal a broken heart tonight. He's the only one that can give you tonight what you're looking for. You know, a short time later, I went into rehab. Um, I'd done a stint. I'd done the four-week course, come out three weeks later, only to relapse and feel like an even bigger failure. 
See, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to do the right thing. I didn't want to be a screw-up. didn't want to be a mess-up. wanted people to be proud of me. wanted my family to like me and be proud of what I'd done. But, you know, I was a prisoner now to what I'd become. You know, what I wanted to do, the Bible says, I couldn't do. And what I didn't want to do, I ended up doing. I was a prisoner. There was a law at work within my members. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Short time later, at the age of 27, I've been in jail three times because I had come to a point, friends, basically without going into great details, I had little or no self-control. With what seemed like in jail, with what seemed like no hope, no life, and no answer. I remember one night I was sitting in my prison cell and I had to turn the TV off because my life was actually worse than an episode of EastEnders. That's bad in the, worlds, in the standards of the world. You know, I had to turn my TV off because my life was crazier than an episode of EastEnders. I got out of jail in the beginning of 2009 and my two sons were taken into care. Everything that I said wouldn't happen did happen and much more. April 2009, I'm now sitting in a courthouse. Nothing left. It's all gone. Kids are gone. My home's gone. My life's gone. My hope for the future, it's gone. I'm now a physical and mental mess. Physical and mental mess. I'm looking at a long jail sentence. And to be honest, I almost want to go in because there's, I know in there I'll have some peace. I have no responsibilities. There's nothing you can do about your situation in jail. You just have to sit there and just go with it. And that's what I wanted. I just wanted everything to go away. I just wanted everything to be lifted. My life was wrecked and ruined. There was no hope. Nobody wanted to be anywhere near me. My family couldn't handle me. Nobody, there was nobody left. Everything that I touched, it turned to dust or dirt or was broken. I had nothing or no one. A life that was wrecked and ruined by sin. I was sitting in a courtroom one day. I'd been walking around the courtroom. I was looking at a lengthy jail sentence and I was dandering around the courtroom probably like a bit of a lunatic because I, my solicitor was a bit of a gangster and you had to keep tabs on him. And I was running around the courtroom and I, all this while a man had been following me around the courtroom. And I sat down in the, in the chairs and this man sat beside me and he says, Brent, do you remember who I am? And I looked at him and I thought, did I meet him in N.A. or A.A. or something like that? And he says, no, Brent, I'm the pastor of New Testament Church. I've met you a few times in, it was a local alcoholics at that time. He says, I've met you a few times in his house. And uh, just to clarify, I did not meet my pastor in N.A. or A.A. He's not an alcoholic or a drug addict. But, you know, I, uh, I says, he says, Brent, you know, we just want to let you know you know, my kids had gone to the wee lighthouse club through the, the lighthouse club that they had started up. And he says, Brent, I just want to let you know that if you ever need anything or you ever want anything, he says, you just give us a call and we'll be willing to help. And uh, he put a little card in my hand, just said New Testament Pentecostal Church on the front. And he got up and he left. And uh, I turned over the card as he left and it said on the back of the card, for whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, friends, I just sat in that courtroom that day and I just thought, you know, somebody cares. Somebody actually cares about me. And that lifted my heart. You know, he lifted me. You know, but friends, I realized, friends, it wasn't just a man that cared. It was, the man, it was God that cared. It was God that was interested in my life. It was God that cared, truly cared about me. And he sent a man to a courtroom in Downpatrick to save an old wretched sinner like me. You know, I never got saved that day. I didn't go to jail that day either. I went out and run about for another wee while, but very quickly I realized my life was spiraling out of control, and I phoned the number, and Tim, he uh, 
He was in his holidays in Portrush, the poor man, and he ended up, he left, he packed everybody up in the car in his holidays in Portrush, and he came down to see me, and he met me in a wee flat. My wee flat was in a place called Jail Lane. That's where I was. I was in Jail Lane, and Tim came into that wee flat, and he maybe sat for an hour, I don't know, an hour or so. I don't know what he said. I don't know exactly what was said, you know, but I just laid out my life. I laid out everything that I'd done. I laid out how it had all been that way. I laid out my terrible circumstances as a young boy and all the rest, although I never really got hung up on those things. I laid it all out, how I didn't want it to be that way, how I didn't want to be a bad person, how I wanted to be a good dad and all those things. And in that hour, all I heard was him say one sentence. He says, Brent, your life is the consequences of your sin. And I knew as I looked back over my life because I'd heard the gospel as a young boy. You see, you keep pumping into those kids that gospel. Keep sending them to Sunday school. Keep sending them to Lighthouse and all those youth clubs and keep bringing them on a Sunday night and keep bringing them on a Sunday morning. They might hate it. The arm might be dragging in for them and everything else. But friends, I knew after 27 years of trying everything else, I knew that God, that I was a sinner. And that there were, but then Tim turned around and he says, Brent, your life is the consequences of your sin, but there's an answer and the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, friends, I tried everything else. I tried rehabs. I tried drugs. I tried self-help. I tried stupid courses. But that night, there was an answer, and the answer was the Lord Jesus Christ. That night, I called out to God to save me from my mess and from my sin. And friends, from that night on, my life has never been the same. From that night on, every chain and every bondage was broken. From that night on, every burden was lifted. From that night on, every wound was healed. And from that night on, every prison door was opened. And friends, thank God, through the cleansing blood of Christ, I was set free. The power of sin was broken, and I was free. The wee song says, free from the fear of tomorrow, free from the guilt of the past a glorious song. I'm free. Praise the Lord. Free at last. And on that night, the 17th of June, 2009, I found everything I was looking for in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that night on, my life has never been the same. I was born again by the Spirit of God. He took me on a journey. He began to mold me. He began to change me. He gave me a new heart. He gave me new passions. He gave me new desires. He gave me a new purpose. He gave me a new plan. He gave me a new destination and a new calling. That night, everything became different. That night, everything looked different. He gave me new blessings. He gave me a new life. Friends, I shouldn't have the family that I have. I shouldn't have the job that I have. I shouldn't have the friends that I have. Have. I shouldn't have the home that I have, but friends, I was cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and I was set free. Friends, I can say tonight, God has brought me on the greatest journey and the greatest experience I've ever been in my whole life. If I could just sum up where I found myself after 14 years, I could sum it up in one sentence. I found myself right slap bang in the center of the perfect will of Almighty God. A wife that loves me, kids that love me, a meaning to this life, a purpose, a calling, a provision for today, a hope for tomorrow. Friends, I found everything I was looking for in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that you tonight? Are you searching? Are you longing? He can give you everything that you're looking for tonight. Just after I got saved, uh, the courts told me that I would never get my two lads back. 
It was all to do. I would never see them again, basically, or they would never be back home with me until they were at least 18. They were gone for good. And it was all to do with a report that was written by one of the top psychologists in the whole of Northern Ireland and the south of Ireland. I got this report done about three or four weeks after I was saved. And uh, he wrote in a report, this man has not got the ability to change. Friends, they said there was something wrong with me. I want to tell you, before I got saved, there was definitely something wrong with me. You know, but God completely changed and transformed my life. You know, I brought Tim to that psychological report, or one of them reports, Flip, he wished he'd never went. Because <laughs> uh, it was bonkers. But just they told me that I'd never see them again because of that one line, this man has not got the ability to change. I didn't have the ability, but I thank God he's able to, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I got saved and everything seemed to be going wrong rather than right. I couldn't understand why everything in this area of my life just wasn't going right. But I realized, friends, courts weren't going to get the glory. Solicitors weren't going to get the glory, but God was going to get all the glory. Kids were gone until they were 18. And you know, I remember, but lying on my bed one day, I was lying reading the book of Hebrews about the new and the living way, about the new covenant, about the new and the precious way and his new blood and the covenant. And I was lying there and I was just thinking about maybe one day whenever the kids come back and whenever they were 18 or maybe they were 25 and they were bringing their girlfriends around or their wives around and they were bringing the kids around and I was beginning to treasure that day when all of that would happen and God just stopped me in my tracks. He just spoke into my spirit. He says, Brent, why are you imagining something you've already had before? He says, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. And that word spoke to me because it was in his word. He'd been speaking about the new and the living way and about the new thing. And that resonated in my heart. And I knew from that day on that God was going to give me my kids back. You see, when God speaks, things happen. And a little while after that, a um, little while after that, uh, God's promised me that day the kids were coming home. There was twists, there was turns, there was ups, there was downs, there was promises, there was broken promises from the social workers. You know, it was over a period of about four years, but just after that sort of court period where they told me that I wouldn't get my kids back, I got a phone call one day from the, from the uh, social worker, and she informed me that... Uh, Basically, in, there was a meeting to be that day. I was trying to find out where it was or what time it was or whatever. And she said that day, you know, Brent, uh, they're basically going to take your contact. I had two hours contact once a fortnight, and it was supervised. I had to bring the kids into a wee cafe just with the, with the social worker. And she said, Brent, you know, that two hours contact that you get once a fortnight, it's going to be taken off you in this meeting. And I started to panic. And I started to worry. I didn't know what I was doing, and I used to walk a lot around the town. I didn't drive at that time, and I walked, and I walked, and I walked, and I was walking, and I was panicking, and I was going, what am I going to do? Who do I ask, or what am I going to phone? And God just stopped me again. He says, Brent, you can come to me in prayer, or you can work this all out yourself. And I stopped in the middle of the street, and I just asked God, what do you want me to do? And he said, Brent, I want you to go into that meeting, and I want you to tell them that you want your boys into your own home. I wasn't allowed them in my home. It was supervised contact once a fortnight for two hours and I just got a phone call to say basically they're going to take that contact off you because once they get rid of you they're not really interested in the dad it's more the mum in general 
and they just wanted me out of the road. And they knew what type of guy I was and whatever else, and they just wanted me out of the road. So I go into this meeting and I go into the meeting, and every social worker that had been opposed against me was gone. They were absolutely gone. There was about 10 people, and they're all sitting in a circle, and they all go, and one says one thing, one says another thing, the next thing, next person has their say, and the next person has their say. And the wee foster parents that were looking after the lads, they have their say, and they come to me and they say, Brent, have you anything you'd like to say? I says, yes, I do. I says, I'd like to have my kids in home. They says, you know what they said? They said, okay, Mr. Porter, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you them twice a week. We'll give you them once on a Wednesday, and we'll give you them once on a Saturday. Once on a Wednesday to do their homeworks with them, and once on a Saturday that you can have some recreational time with them. You see, friends, I walked out of that room, and I felt like Moses saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. You see, friends, God speaks, and things happen. There was twists. There was turns four four years later. I, uh, in between that time, I married my wonderful wife, Lydia. Um, we've had two kids since that, but I didn't, hadn't had them yet. And uh, we were married, and uh, the social worker said, you know, you come for this. There was an assessment you had to do to get the kids back. That's what I'd been pushing for for the whole four years. If you do the assessment, you get the kids back. If you pass it, you get them. If you don't pass it, that's it. You can't get them back. So I'd been jumping through hoops. I'd been a not good, upstanding citizen. Nothing wrong, no reports, nothing they could do. And I went for this assessment in a child assessment center. Me and Lydia, she, my wife's beside me. I'm married. Everything's going well. Nobody has a word to say about anything about me. Uh, after about two weeks, the woman pulls the plug and says, I failed the assessment. See, she was delving into my past. You delve into my past, you know you'll be there all day. You know, you delve into anybody's past. But friends, I thank you that we're new creations in Jesus Christ. All the old things pass away and everything becomes new. So I start to panic. What do you do? That's it. The assessment's failed. You can't get the kids back. You know, uh, what, are, what are you supposed to do? And uh, uh, Lyd's mum, she's a social worker. She says, take it back to court. I phoned the guardian at Leitham woman. And I says, what do you think I should do? And she's, she says, well, it's up to you. I can't really give you any advice. I'm only to do with the kids. And I was sitting and I was wondering what to do. And I was struggling. And God spoke to me through his word. And he spoke to me through that word. You know, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. But then it says after that, the king had trusted in Egypt. And I knew God was speaking to me and saying, Brent, don't you do that. You know, he says, because you will have wars in that portion of Scripture. It says you will have continue to have wars forever or something along those lines. And I knew if I took this to court, I would fight these people the rest of my days. A little while later, because God knows best, and he speaks, and things happen. And I went in a little while later. I'm sitting in an assessment with the same psychologist who said, this man has not got the ability to change. And then he now saying, he's saying, Brent, you know, it's a humbling thing for a man like me to have to say that I was wrong. What has happened to you doesn't normally happen to people. And what you've got, you need to bottle it and paint it. And I says, Paul, you know what I've got? I've got the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's completely changed and transformed my life. And I got the witness to that man for six weeks about what God had done. And he says, you know what, Brent, I've gone into jails. I've heard men make professions for all the right and wrong reasons, he says. But you know what? I believe every word you're telling me. He says, what has happened to you doesn't normally happen to people. He says, I'm not going to become a Christian. But he says, I do believe every word that you've said to me. And he says, you know what I'm going to do now? He says, I can't understand what's been going on here. But he says, you know, I'm going to go into that room and I'm going to tell them they have to give you your kids back. You know, friends, God has completely changed and transformed this life. Friends, I just want to test tonight. Jesus Christ has restored this life. Jesus Christ 
has set me free. And on the 17th of June, 2009, I found everything I was looking for in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friends, tonight he can do the exact same for you. He says, everyone that thirsteth, let him come. Here's an invitation tonight that knows no boundaries. Here's an invitation tonight that knows no limits. Here's an invitation tonight that has no conditions or no credentials. He says, everyone that thirsteth, let him come. Friends, don't be limiting it tonight. Don't be saying tonight it's not for me. Don't be saying tonight I could never come. He says, everyone that thirsteth, let him come. Is that you tonight? Are you searching for real happiness? Are you searching for true contentment? Are you searching for satisfying satisfaction? He says, everyone that's searching tonight, let him come. He says, it doesn't matter who you are. He says, it doesn't matter what you are. He says, it doesn't matter where you come from. He says, come to the waters and buy without money and without price. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've done tonight. Friends, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done tonight. There's a fountain opened in the house of David for all sin and uncleanness tonight. That woman at the well, she was a Samaritan. The Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. The disciples were saying amongst themselves, like many Christians today, what's he doing talking to her? But friends, I want to tell you tonight, Jesus Christ loves all people. Jesus Christ loves everyone. Yellow, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Friends, he loves you and he loves me. And tonight I want to tell you, while you've been searching for him all this time, he's been searching for you. He says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He wants you to come to him. He wants to give you what you're looking for tonight. He wants to fill your life with joy. He wants to fill your life with peace. He wants to fill your life with happiness. Friends, you can find everything that you're looking for in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, in Him you can find true happiness. In Him you can find true contentment. In Him you can find a life worth living tonight. But He says in our reading, Why do you spend money on that which is not bread. He says tonight, why are you searching? Why are you spending your life searching in the world for that which doesn't satisfy? Why are you forking out for this and forking out for that? Why are you spending but never happy? Searching in the world but never content? Friends, I get it tonight. I was in the world. I was in the parties. I was in the pubs. I fooled around. I danced. I smoked. Friends, I know there's pleasure in sin. I know there's fun in the world. But friends, I also know it never satisfies. I also know the misery that it brings. Friends, I know the searching in your heart tonight. I know about the emptiness. I know about the deadness in your life. But there's an answer. And the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, let me tell you tonight, only Jesus can fill that emptiness. Only Jesus can take away the loneliness. Only Jesus can give you real happiness tonight. Only Jesus can truly satisfy. He says, why do you spend money on that which does not satisfy? The story's told of a multi-millionaire Arab. He was taking a journey through a desert, but along the way he took a wrong turn. Friends, many are taking the wrong turn tonight. Suddenly all the food and water that the Arab had for the journey began to waste. And after many long days on his journey, he found a little house called the Oasis in the desert. And apparently in that house there would be food left for those that needed it. And with desperation and with hunger, he opened the door and said, Thank goodness I've made it. And there he found on the table a black velvet bag with a golden cord. 
And he said, at last, I found food and water. And he opened it with great haste, only to find the black velvet bag was filled with not food, but valuable pearls and diamonds. He said to himself, what good are these to me? A few weeks later, beside his decomposed body was found a note that said, riches were no good. You see, he had riches, but no bread. He had possessions, but no peace. He had everything, yet he had nothing. And friends, tonight you can have everything on the outside, but have nothing on the inside. Friends, without Christ, you have nothing. Without the Savior, you have nothing. But I want to testify tonight, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the whole world, can give you what you're looking for. The wee song says, I tried the broken cisterns, and ah, the waters failed, and even as I stooped to drink, they mocked me as I wheeled. But then it says, now none but Christ can satisfy no other name for me. There's love, there's life, and everlasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. Friends, there's no other name for me tonight. There's no other place. There's no other thing tonight. I can assure you tonight, it's not in the money. It's not in the car. It's not in the holiday. There's none that but Christ can satisfy the longing of your heart. Friends, I tasted of nearly everything in this world. But friends, there's none that touched my heart like Jesus. There's no one that loved me quite like Jesus did. There's no one that broke the chains of my life quite like Jesus. There's no one that changed my heart quite like Jesus. There's no one that's given me everything that I desired for in this life quite like Jesus. Friends, I had money. And friends, I had everything. But inside, I had nothing. But friends, the day and hour, I got saved. All I had was a dual check and a boost bar. And I was the most satisfied person in the whole world. Friends, I thank God that Jesus Christ can set you free tonight. Jesus said to that woman, He that drinketh of that water shall thirst again. But he that drinketh of the water that I shall give have a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He said in John, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He said in John 10 and verse 10, I've come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. He didn't come to give us religion, friends. I didn't get saved and put on a shirt and tie. That's religion, friends. I came and gave my life to God, and he gave me life, life, abundant life. Jesus alone is the giver. People are tired of old, dead, dry religion, friends. I can testify at 27 years of age, I thought I had life. I can testify at 27 years of age, I thought I had a life worth living, but on the 17th of June, 2009, we sing a wee song in a a wee group in our church. Sometimes when we've got the guitar out, we sing a wee song, and you've got to say what God done for you, and I always sing, He fed my hunger, and He quenched my thirst. That's what He done for me. Friends, He satisfied every longing of this soul tonight. Is that you tonight? Are you searching tonight? Are you longing tonight? He says, everyone that thirsteth, Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me. Friends, that's what we need to do tonight. We need to incline our ear and come unto God. We need to use these big things. I have a pair of big things on the side of my head, but I don't use them too well. But friends, we need to incline our ear and we need to listen to God. We need to incline our ear to the message 
of the gospel tonight, and we need to accept it. If you want to be truly satisfied, you need to incline your ear to the message or the good news of the gospel, and you need to accept it. If you want real happiness tonight, you need to incline your ear to the message of the gospel, and you need to accept it tonight. The great message of the gospel, he said, anyone that thirsteth, let him come. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come. He says, if anyone's broken and weary, let him come. He said, if anyone needs delivered, let him come. He says, if anyone needs touched in their life, if anyone's broken, if anyone's lonely, if anyone needs a touch of God upon their life, he says, if anyone wants to come, let him come. It's personal water tonight. It's only water that he can give. You see, friends, it can't be found in the world. It can't be found in religion. It can't be found in a church. It's not found in a person or a pastor. It's found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Friends, real salvation, real freedom, real joy is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that you're looking for is found in him. He said to that woman, if you drink of that water, you'll thirst again. There was a woman, she was searching. She was searching in her heart. She didn't know what she was searching for. She's just going to that old well, just doing the same old drudgery, the same old things, looking for the same old water to go back and do the same old thing and come back the next day and get the water and do the same old thing all over again. But there was a searching in her heart. That's why, friends, that's why, friends, he sent them on. Because he knew about that woman. He knew about the search and the longing in her heart. He sent them on because he wanted to meet with that woman. She was searching. But friends, all the while, he was searching for her. Friends, don't be saying tonight, it's not for me. Don't be saying tonight, I couldn't come. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've done tonight. Freedom from sin is found in him. It's without price. He said, bring your burdens. He said, bring your curse. He said, bring that heavy load. He can take away the, open, the emptiness. He can take away the sadness. He can take away the loneliness. He can fill the longing of your heart. You can have it tonight. You can have what you're looking for. I ask you tonight, maybe have you been searching this week? Have you been searching maybe this month? Well, friends, I want to tell you something tonight. Tonight, your searching can stop. Tonight, the search can be over. Because just like that woman, all this time, Jesus has been searching for you. Tonight, you can be like this woman and receive the living water of salvation. Tonight, you can go home having received Jesus into your heart. Tonight, you can go home with a smile on your face and a spring on your step. Tonight you can leave this person. Tonight you can leave this meeting tonight a different person. Tonight you can go to bed not knowing whether you walked home, drove home, or flew home. After she met Jesus, this woman was a different person. It says she left the old water pot and she ran into that village. And she ran into that village and basically said, Come see a man that I've been looking for my whole life. She left the old life and told everyone about Jesus. Friends, Jesus is here tonight. You know, I knew that 
As I was standing singing those songs, as I was in that prayer meeting tonight, I knew Jesus was in this place. You know, I came with a heavy burden tonight. I've been struggling in my own life, different things, different troubles, different trials, anxiety, panic, fear. But you know what? He's a great deliverer. He delivered me yesterday. He'll deliver me today, and he'll deliver me tomorrow. He's a faithful Savior. Sometimes he allows things in our lives, maybe to correct us, maybe to, maybe to teach us something, you know. But I remember preaching an old Job, you know. He let him in. He pulled that hedge down. But you know what? He might have pulled that hedge down. But you know what the old devil was trying to do? He was trying to get him to come out. You know, often we always think the devil's going in. But the old devil was trying to draw him out. You know, but friends, I thank God we are on holy ground tonight. I thank God we can stand on the precious blood of Jesus Christ tonight. And the devil can do me no harm. Jesus is in this place tonight. And he cares about you. After she met Jesus, this woman was a different person. She left the old water pot and ran into the village and says, come see the man I've been looking for my whole life. Friends, Jesus is here tonight. He wants to give you what you're looking for. He wants to meet you where you are. Why don't you come to him tonight? Why don't you let him settle that life of yours? Why don't you let him take that burden? Why don't you let him take away that sin? Why don't you let him fill your life with joy? Fill your life with satisfaction? Have you not been searching long enough? Have you not hungered long enough? Have you not been fed up with life long enough? Well, praise God, you can get real life before you leave this meeting tonight. Don't go home tonight until you've settled it. Don't go home tonight until you've met with him. Don't go home tonight until you've spoken to one of us. The wee song says, Now none but Christ can satisfy. There's no other name for me. And I know there's no other name for many people in this room. There's no other name. There's no other thing. Friends, there's nothing in this world. Friends, you could give me. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus only. Give me only him. Friends, his presence is everything. He had his, in his presence his fullness of joy and at his right hands is pleasure forevermore. There's nothing you could offer me. I know we're not to go think we're above anything or be proud or anything, but you could come to me and say, I'll give you a million pound if you give up Jesus. I'd never give him up. You know why? Because he's never given up on me. He gave me everything that I was looking for. None but Christ can satisfy. No other name for me. There's love. There's life. There's everlasting joy. Lord Jesus found in me. She found everything she was looking for. She was searching. The disciples maybe wouldn't have seen that search. Tonight in your heart. You may be searching for, but I want to tell you what you're searching. life. And Jesus Christ came that he might fill it and give you everything that you actually need. Pray for you tonight. Amen. Steam's going to come. Amen. Thank you for your time.